Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for our weekly conversation with former GM and MLB Network Steve Phillips. Brought to you by Washington's Lottery. What's on your ultimate bucket list? Play Washington's Lottery today. Now with Steve Phillips, here's Mitch in the Morning. Tell me again the story. You texted him. What were the words that you texted Steve Phillips? Oh, I, uh, I simply said... Sadly, our last uh, meeting of the season this morning, Steve, he said, okay, no problem. <laughs> I was kind of hoping to hear a little, a little, you know, a tear in his eye. And that is just a, just a, just, a, just a, like it's nothing, like it's no big deal that it's the final time that we're together, Steve. Couldn't you do a little bit better? Couldn't you show a little emotion with you, with us a little bit? I, I mean, I just, it's, it's, it's not a goodbye. It's just a, you know, I'll see you later sort of thing. I'm but, hoping, I mean, I, you know. I mean, we've we've had this relationship ongoing, and and you guys tend to always come back. You're like a boomerang, or a bad rash, or a bad rash. I'm not sure which, but but uh, you know, I'm just I I expect that what's going to happen is a couple weeks from now, when uh, there's a big trade made and the Mariners are in the middle of it, that you guys are going to give me a call. So I just figured it's just so long until the next time. All right. So Jerry Depoto said, and we'll, uh, well, you know what? Let's 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 get off of Jerry. We'll we'll get on to Jerry Depoto in a second. In the Mariners, I need to, you know, have you kind of wrap up what you saw in the World Series. It was, uh, you know, for me, it was the Saturday game. It was the comeback. I think it was Saturday, the the, the fourth game, where the Mets had the Royals on the ropes. It looked like it was going to be a 2-2 series, and they were going to get the fifth game the following night. A lot of momentum for the Mets, and then the Royals come back and win that. that and it just kind of broke the back of the Mets. Um, what about the series for you, Steve? What, 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 what's your takeaway from all of this? Yeah, it, it came down to the fact that the Mets had one way of winning, and that was to score early and often and have enough margin for error for their starting pitchers to attack the zone and for their bullpen to make mistakes. Because if, if it was close, it just felt like that the Royals were going to find a way to win, that they, they'd come up with a big hit or, or the, the weakness of the Mets would get exposed, uh, that the Royals would steal a base, they'd take an extra base, uh, they'd be an error on the Mets' part. And, and, you know, the Royals, I think, really grew from last year to this year. They took that experience a year ago. They became the 15th team uh, in baseball history that lost the World Series one year and came back to win the next year. And so the Mets, you know, the Mets grew up some too. And I think that they'll be able to take this experience, come back next year and be better. And, you know, the Mets players who kind of carried them down the stretch and, and in the playoffs, you know, Daniel Murphy had the seven homers in six games you know, against the Cubs, and, and, and it just, you know, it just didn't, they, he couldn't stay hot after the days off, and Cespedes kind of disappeared on him as well, so, you know, it just, I think the Royals were the better team this year, they outplayed them, uh, and where their weakness was starting pitching, it was good enough to be able to at least hold the lead or hold the deficit, 
to let their bullpen get the job done and come back and win late. So, you know, a lot of late wins for the Royals, and, and they don't make unforced errors. They hope that the other team does, and the Mets did. There's a lot of symmetry here, Steve, uh, when, you, when, you, when you say what you said, which is the Royals got there for the first time in a long time last year, and it didn't work out for them, and they come back and win it this year. The same could happen to the New York Mets, as you point out. Also, it was 1985, the last time the Royals won the World Series. Who won it the following year? Do you remember in 1986? Uh, I believe that might be the Metropolitan in, in 86. So, and, so, uh, so it, you, you know, know it fact, all, it, Daniel Murphy had a Bill Buckner moment uh, in the, in that Saturday game where the ball kind of got under his glove, rolled into the outfield uh, this year. Right. But uh, I think the Mets certainly will be a strong candidate to get back again next year, although I think the, the road through the National League more difficult than the road through the American League. What is it about baseball in Kansas City? It's kind of like baseball in St. Louis. They're just a couple of places. Obviously, there's great baseball fans all over the country, in Boston and in New York and in Chicago. <laughs> but there's something about baseball in St. Louis and baseball in Kansas City. Can you articulate it for us? Well, I think it's, you know, it is some part the Midwest, but I, the, the connection with the fan base, the teams in the Midwest, they, the teams are part of the community. They truly are part of the community. Uh, and I think that, that it's like a college town where, you know, it's, it has that sort of college mentality where everybody's going to wear the team colors. Everybody's going to be out in support team. The town shuts down when, when the team's playing. And, and, you know, they desperately have been waiting for success in Kansas City for a long time, and, and they finally got it. But they went right back to that sort of passionate college fan base uh, where they just, you know, they wear the team colors and they bleed the, the, the team colors. And I think that, that it is that way in St. Louis. It is that way in Missouri. And I think it's kind of the Midwest mentality that exists. And I grew up in Detroit, and, and even in Detroit it was that way for me growing up. And, and you see that every once in a while, even for a city – in, in Detroit, that has lost so much of its population in the in the city itself, they still have that sort of connection to the local teams. Steve Phillips is brought to you by Frost Brewed Coors Light, the baseball fans' most refreshing beer. Our final regular installment with Steve Phillips. Now he says it's just a matter of time, like a boomerang or a bad rash, that we call him and ask him for some thoughts on a uh, on a on a transaction. We had Jerry Depoto in studio for a half hour. Uh, last week, and we were very—I was very interested with what he had to say. And we, we also uh, met with him as a staff after the interview. And and uh, he's uh, he's an interesting guy in a lot of different ways. He's a lot of what you said. He's, you know, he's stubborn in a, in a good way. He he has a certain way he looks at baseball. He has a certain way that he thinks baseball should be operated. It's at least teams, and he's going to do it his way. And he's going to bring in people that want to do it his way. He said he's not a very big fan of free agent acquisition, making big splashes in free agency, which is interesting because the Angels made a couple of yeah. huge splashes yeah, right. in free agency. I think that went beyond him or above him. Uh, but he said that's his least favorite thing. So he says, I'm not great for talk show hosts in that regard. There's not going to be a lot of free agency. He says, I, I think you build with the draft, with your farm system, and with trades. And he, he went on to say that he likes the Mariners' offense he thinks the Mariners' offense is coming around. He, uh, he, he'd he like to work on their bullpen. He'd like to uh, find some outfielders that can run that spacious, safe-go outfield for, you know, well. Uh, what, what, what do you think, uh, from afar, do you, what do you think he's got up his sleeve? What, what kind of interest level are we going to have in off-season maneuvering by Jerry DePoto? Yeah, think? it certainly doesn't appear or sound like or, or seem like 
that they're going to be this winter San Diego Padres or Chicago White Sox, that they make the big splash and the big deals. Uh, I think they're going to hope for improved, more consistent performance from the players that they have. He's going to hope to fine-tune in the certain areas, and certainly the bullpen is going to be a major one, where they went from having a pretty good bullpen the year before to everything kind of falling apart this past year. And it is the area where general managers make their most mistakes because it's impossible to quantify the impact of innings and appearances from one year to the next. And, and, and you know, you do see peaks and valleys in relievers' careers. That being said, it's not a great bullpen market this year. It's, it's a very light bullpen market. That's why you see the San Diego Padres, you know, exercise the option on Joaquin Benoit for $7 million because they're going to trade him because they figure there's not much out there. Let us see what we can do. So he's got his work cut out for him when it comes to the bullpen. Uh, and, you know, you tend not to want to have to trade to get bullpen. Uh, if you don't have to, you'd rather just sign it and, and not give up prospects to be able to do it. So it'll be interesting to see how he pieces that together. Uh, and it's going to take some good scouting, good evaluations, and some luck to, for it to come out. But, you know, I, look, he's, he's traded Trumbo once already in his, in his general manager's career. You wonder whether or not that's going to be a factor again, how that's going to piece together. Uh, but if they're, if they're going to be good next year, they're going to need their good players to play well, and they didn't get all that kind of performance from them this year. We talked about data analysis and why he likes it so much and, and uh, how he tends to use it, and I asked him, hey, from, from, from a, uh, a stubborn you know, home run RBI and, uh, and batting average guy, give me some hints at what you look at, and his answer was, I'm a big walks guy. I want batters who walk. I look at walk percentage and walk ratio. He says, and I want pitchers who don't give up walks. We're gonna really, we're gonna really look at the walk statistic a lot in my tenure here uh, with the Mariners. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, I think that he's probably not ever gonna put a team together like the Kansas City Royals, uh, and and which is, doesn't mean that you can't put together a winning team. But you know, that's one thing the Royals don't really do a lot of. They they swing, they put it in play, they make productive outs, they do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that walks are great if they're coupled with strikeouts, then there's some part of that that can be an issue because the only benefit of a strikeout is that you don't hit into a double play. And that's not, uh, you know, because oftentimes if you have a team that walks a lot, you're a team that strikes out a lot. And if you're a team that doesn't walk a lot, you don't strike out a lot because you're putting the ball in play. You don't get deep into the count. You don't see a lot of pitches. You don't get the starting pitcher out of the game. So, you know, it's the money ball philosophy, you know, the on-base percentage philosophy. And, and you know, it goes back to uh, the real story for money ball for the Oakland A's was not that they put together an offense that had a great on-base percentage. It's that their pitchers didn't give up base runners. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really going to be, I think, the, 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 the more important part of the story, uh, as it has always been in Seattle, is to have the good starting pitching that you don't walk a lot, you don't put a lot of people on base, you force them to try to beat you, uh, and on the other side of it, you take advantage of the pitcher's mistakes, get extra base runners. Uh, but at some point when guys swing the bat, they need to do some damage. And I think that that has to be coupled with the walks because the opposition is not going to walk four straight guys to give you a run. You're going to have to at some point swing and do some damage with it. But with walks come more 2-0 counts, 3-1 counts, and those are counts where hitters can take advantage because the pitcher has to bring it over the plate, mm-hmm. and that's where hitters can do more damage than not. That's why batting averages in those counts are better than others. That's why slugging percentages are better than others. So I certainly understand what he means, uh, but you know it's not as simple as all that because if it were, everybody would do it. Right. 
Okay, and and finally, Steve, from an off-season baseball perspective, what are the big stories this off-season? Forget the Mariners for a second. Around well, baseball, huge, what 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 are, what are you looking yeah. at? What are you interested in, Steve? It's a huge free agent market. It um, is. It, it when it comes to pitchers, you've got you know you, it's it's the length and depth of the starting pitchers market, which is substantial. You know, you start with David Price, and you start with Zach Greinke, and Johnny Cueto's there. But that next level of guys of the Jordan Zimmermans and, and uh, Jeff Samarjas and Mike Leakes and, and there, there's a there's a Marco Estrada and, and you know you go through there's there's probably a 20 pitchers out there that could be considered number one number twos and, and really good number three starters so great starting pitchers market uh, and the bullpen market is weak third base market David Freeze is the best third baseman out there. Shortstop market, not very good. Ian Desmond, Alexa Ramirez, the only two really impactful guys out there of some substance. So it'll, it's going to be very interesting. I think the Mets are going to be intriguing. What do they do? They're going to probably let Cespedes and Murphy walk. Will they trade one of their impact starters? Will Tulowitzki stay in Toronto? Uh, will the Yankees get into the free agent market? Because I think that Dave Dombrowski in Boston is going to go after a starting pitcher. Where does David Price end up? Uh, you know, will the Dodgers who have all kinds of money to spend, you know, be money ball with money is what we're seeing in L.A., right? You've got Andrew Friedman, who's a small market GM with, with big pockets. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see as well. So, and, and, and will somebody be the Padres and White Sox from this year? If I had to pick one team to be that team, I would think the San Francisco Giants might make a play for an outfielder and a pitcher. Uh, they, may, they, you know, they, they lost out on everybody last year. They came close, but uh, they could be a big player to try to keep up with the Dodgers this winter. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to look at a three-year, $71 million guarantee contract and say, you know what, that's not very advantageous for me. Let me rip that up. I could do so much better than that. And he's married to a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Is he? Ma- I, I, didn't I mean, know I mean, think about your life. You're married to a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, and you walked away because three or seventy-one million doesn't equate to your value in no, your job. No, that's that. No. Things are going well for you yeah, when that things the case. are going really well for Zach Grinke. Thank you, Steve, for everything that you do. We love having you on. And yes, you will hear from us like a boomerang at some point if if the Seattle Mariners make some waves. And if not, then you'll hear from us at the beginning of the uh, the, the next season and spring training and all that good stuff. Thanks Terrific. for all always, that you do. Always my pleasure always enjoy it you guys are first class all right thank you steve phillips right there each and every week brought to you by frost brewed coors light baseball fans most refreshing beer steve phillips talking baseball i don't think there's a guy i know i say this all the time about all of our guests so i guess it it probably falls on deaf ears i don't know that there's a more knowledgeable interesting baseball voice out there than the former gm of the new york mets uh, and now baseball analyst all over the place, Steve Phillips, who joins us, has been joined, uh, doing, the, doing our show for years and years and years on a weekly basis during baseball season. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.